Thank you so much. Great to be here on the show. All right. It was good. Good to have you there. And uh, we're going to have a great show tonight talking about one of my favorite topics, synchronicity. And I, I got to tell you, synchronicity. I've had, yeah, I've, I've had a, a lot of that in have my you? life. Have you? Yeah. So it'll be good. But before we get going, would you uh, uh, just uh, kind of give a rough history of yourself to the audience? Well, I, I started, you know, playing music when I was really young. I transferred from that into college, started studying physics. I've always been interested in, you know, what's the meaning of life? I grew up in a household that was raised with an Eastern religion, uh, yogic philosophy. So I learned about, you know, there's, a, there's an underlying reality and a secret underlying hidden reality to things from an early age. Mm-hmm. So I, I started wondering about synchronicity in my 20s. And I, I had a physics background, so I started asking, now, synchronicity is a alignment in space and time. Um, I wonder if there's some way we could describe that with physics, right? Because that's space and time. Mm-hmm. So I've been a high school teacher. I've been a, a software programmer. I've been a musician, and I've, I've, I've got a master's degree in physics. And I've spent a couple of years with funding to research that. I published a paper just this past year called Space-Time Paths as a Whole in the journal Quantum Reports, which goes into a fundamental reimagining of uh, the basic equations of quantum mechanics Mm -hmm. in the form of Fourier transforms, which are essentially the mathematics of holograms, which we'll talk about more tonight. Wow. Mathematics of holograms. Um, A lot of people on the internet say that that we live in a holographic universe. Uh, Well, that's the idea. So you kind of go along with that? I, I try and develop that idea explicitly as far as it can go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and, and in a sense, we, we live in this virtual like reality is what I call it. It's not virtual in the sense that it's not real. It's very real, but it has elements of a virtual reality in which I think that we're we're learning. You know, we're here to learn and grow on a journey or a quest. Mm-hmm. So I think that the metaphor to virtual reality is a great one. Mm. Uh, so do you believe in um, a multiple lives reincarnation? I don't have a stance on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I think I think there's a lot of things that we can ask and we don't know the answers to. Um, my particular perspective is there's one question that I think I can actually answer, which is, is synchronicity a real phenomenon? Mm-hmm. Or is it, and is it just psychological mm. or is it physical? Mm. And so I really, I really focused my, my efforts on answering that one question and thinking that from there, it might lead to some other answers. Mm. Um, it, synchronicity to me almost indicates that there is uh, a purpose or a design or a direction. If that is the case, wouldn't it mean that somebody would have to be watching our lives? Well, that's, that's a really deep question. Um, the short answer would be yes. But the other part of that answer is, do we, can we even envision what that somebody is? You know, is it a, a higher self? Is it our higher self? Are we connected to that divine being? Um, is it separate from ourselves? I, I'm not so sure. And uh, so I think that, a lot of these questions, we try to answer them from our limited perspective, mm-hmm. what I call a partial story. Mm-hmm. And we can't grasp the whole story, which mm-hmm. is what, what one of the beautiful things that the hologram metaphor brings into view. You know, mm-hmm. we can always take a perspective on life, but we can't know the whole thing. Do, do you think that knowledge and truth, uh, that truth that cannot be changed, uh, is on the planet at all times, but the pieces to make that truth um, uh, demonstrable is segmented, is put in different people around the world and they attempt to find each other. And then if they can, they bring a piece to the actual truth, but they don't have the whole truth. I definitely think that's true. 
Um, and the question of what is the truth, I think, is really, um, you know, a, a questionable question to begin with. You know, do we ever, once we have what we think is the truth, do we know that that's actually the final truth? Um, I'm going to share more about this this idea of partial stories that we have a particular perspective on the world, and if the world is like a hologram, what a hologram does is it you know you and I can look from different angles at a hologram, mm -hmm. and we'll see different perspectives on the same scene. Maybe it's a city, and I look from the left and I see a building. You look from the right, you see a stop sign. It's not because there's different scenes there; it's because you're different looking at different aspects of the same scene. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about that is we're looking at the same place in the film. We're looking at the same physical location in space and we see something different. So there's this way in which if the universe is really a hologram in, in some way, is it programmed to make us see different things when we look at the same situation? You, know, you and I can look at the same newscast and have very different interpretations of what's being said and what's happening. I think that's fundamentally at the core of what's happening in the polarized discussions that we're having today. And I wish it wasn't so polarized actually. Um, you know, I mean like, I'm thinking, are we ever going to evolve yeah. as a species? I mean, do do we have to have this this fighting going on forever? Why can't we use right. our technology to solve hunger? You know, and and you know, I, I don't want to. I guess I got to say, stop the wars. You know, or, or don't cause them. But but the thing about that guy is that there's only so many people that believe that. I mean, the other people got to be convinced that this feudal way of living seems like we're still in the barbaric age, man. I mean, you, you look at, you know, kind of the Star Trek thing, how that back, even back in the sixties, they say, well, we, you know, like the planet Vulcan said, uh, you know, Spock said, uh, you know, our planet used to be like Earth's planet. You know, we all were always fighting. And then finally we blew ourselves up and realized we got to stop. And then we believe that logic should, you know, and logic, now the problem with logic though well, is let me talk about truth for a minute again okay because go ahead. the truth the, the, the truth is difficult i think that we're all seeking truth we're all seeking to be good people and you know an example of what i think to be the truth the way i see that the truth that we're looking for is just in a very simple example with my daughter you know she comes to me with a question about her homework and mm -hmm. what's the whole truth of the situation and by the way, my fingers are blue because my daughter and I were doing a science project today oh, nice. <laughs> trying to make crystals, and I, I didn't realize I was going to oh, get permanently marked. Nice. So uh, she comes to me with a question about homework. Okay. What do I hear? Well, my filter is here. Okay. I need to save the day. I need to give fatherly advice. I need to step in with some criticism and, and critique around how to help her, right? Mm -hmm. But what she's actually looking for is she's having the experience of I'm stuck. I'm frustrated. I just need a little bit of effort to get unstuck and then I want to go back to doing it myself. And so this causes a, a differentiation. If I, if I approach her with the, pro I'm going to solve the problem, I'm missing the truth. And the truth here is that she, what she's needing from me is very specific. And I miss that because I have a filter in my head. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't look for grand truths. Like what's the truth of the cosmos or who's responsible for, you know, mm -hmm. the, the things going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. I look for what is the situation that is right in front of me that I'm missing. Mm. Well, that sounds to be more, uh, uh, more appropriate. I mean, more life changing than knowing. I mean, I mean, philosophers have have sought the answers to the same questions since the beginning of time. Plato and all of them, man. Just you know, what is life? Why are we here, man? Sky, we can't get the answer, man. And I don't think I want to hear from some ET coming down and saying, "I'm your daddy." That's not going to help me none. Right, right. So when we when we have a discrepancy in what we believe about something, whether it's you know, who's responsible or how did the 
um, you know, situation coming about with the health crisis right now, mm-hmm. or you know, what's going on with climate change. We, we need to look at a deeper level at what are people experiencing? And the first step for me in accessing wholeness is listening with the intent of really learning from somebody. And this means like being willing to have my mind changed. And how, how often do we approach a situation where we're really willing to have our mind changed? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's very common for us because mm-hmm. we usually listen because we want to like figure out what our next point is. Mm-hmm. So in order to listen to, to change our minds, we have to be able to know, you know what am I holding on to? What am I feeling inside that, that is important to me? What am I scared about? You know, a lot of times we're driven by uh, holding on to, you know, what we're afraid is going on and trying to make our point. So we have to be aware of all that stuff and be able to let go of it enough to leave space for someone else mm-hmm. to share their perspective. And, you know, the thing about a hologram, I can look from the left, I see one thing. You look from the right, you see a different thing. It's the same whole. We see different things. Mm-hmm. But those two whole pictures are really, you know, my partial view and your partial view both feel complete to each of us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, what I read in the news makes me feel really, really clear about what's going on. But what you read, the same thing you read, you, you're going to have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And so is there a way in which both of these holes can make a bigger hole that doesn't contradict? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this notion in, in physics of complementarity, wave and particle duality. You're familiar with that and probably from you know, hearing about quantum physics. Mm-hmm. There's this way in which we ask for over 100 years. Is light or electrons a wave or are they a particle? And different experiments will show different things. And it wasn't until Niels Bohr came along and illustrated that there's, he came up with a new principle, complementarity. Mm-hmm. There can be a complete view called the wave view. It makes perfect sense, describes everything. Mm-hmm. Except you do a different experiment and there's a whole complete view called the particle view. And these are not contradictory of each other. They can both exist as part of a greater whole. And that's my hope is that by mm-hmm. By dropping from our mental analysis and into an understanding of our hearts and listening from the from our uh, you know, openness, we can become able to integrate the parts into a greater whole. Mm. See, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of wondering what holds those particles together. Why why are they in a certain place when you look at them? So I I I will go to the group that they're they are there, but. What's, hold, what's holding them in place, man? I don't know. Hey, listen, as you know, mm-hmm. we got questions coming in, so let's go ahead and take a couple of those real quick, and we'll get back to our discussion. Uh, this is from and this come from the live chat and from our uh, guest question link at the top of our menu. All right, uh, Geo says, uh, Sky, is quantum mechanics the same as string theory, a third dimension? Uh, third dimension. Well, quantum mechanics is a, a theory that came along in the early 1900s to describe particles like electrons and protons and uh, that we can't see. And quantum mechanics, I like to say, is the study of what the world is doing when you're not watching it. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're used to physics and science being about observation. What happens when you're not observing? Well, we describe things as evolving into many possibilities. And it's these possibilities that I associate. Um, you know, I, I go from there and I start, I start to de- develop an idea of how synchronicity can evolve and unfold from the unknown possibilities. And string theory is a theory that tries to, um, you know, build upon quantum mechanics, improve upon it in, in terms of talking about, instead of particles, we're talking about little strings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's, you know, problems with the theory, but um, there's ways I'd like to see it evolve and, and improve. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think that the synchronicity, shall I, shall I give a story of synchronicity, which illustrates- Absolutely, go right ahead. Okay. So, 
Synchronicity is not just a, a happy-go-lucky, you know, coincidence that solves your problems. It's also the way in which life can get in the way. So I had this experience where I was, I owned a home at the time and we, we had, we found a problem with the wall. We had, we had mold in the wall. So we had to deal with that. And we took the wall apart and decided to hire a contractor. Now here I am, I'm dealing with, you know, my family's kind of stressed out. I'm trying to manage their feelings. I'm stressed out about whether we're going to solve this problem. And so I go to the contractor and I say, Hey, whatever you need to do, just do it. Like if you need to like find some product and spray in there or whatever, just do it. And then I have to go to work that day. So the day he's starting, I give him these instructions and I leave. Now there's two, two mistakes I make there. One is that I'm, I'm carrying a lot of emotion. So I'm saying, I'm, I'm afraid this isn't going to work out well. So I'm giving an extra impetus of, of emotion in what I say, like make sure you solve the problem, do whatever you have to do. Well, that's a, that's a open field day for synchronicity to say, oh, okay. I can, I can come in here and really mess things up. <laughs> and, and furthermore, I just gave him blanket instructions. I didn't tell him exactly what to do. So I left the door wide open for his judgment. Well, I come back at the end of the day and he, he bought a product that was not the right product to use, caused a big problem in our house. And the next three months was me trying to un undo that problem, trying to get our room back in shape. Finally, at the end of three months, I, I break down in my room, my office late at night. I'm just like, I can't. Everything I'm doing is making this worse. Everything I try to solve is creating a negative synchronicity where things are falling apart. I try to get an answer from him. He responds with a, you know, a, a angry email or whatever it might be. And I, I ask, you know, what do I, I, I pray in that moment, what do I need to do to solve this problem? Because I don't have the answer. And what I realized in that moment, I felt in my body, the fear that I was carrying. And I, I just automatically opened up to myself to that feeling of fear. I stopped resisting it. I allowed it to just happen. I allowed it to sort of move through me, allow a different sort of heart-based divine spirit to enter into me, just allow that allowance. And I will say that over the next three weeks, I made different decisions. So instead of resisting the, the contractor's request for information, uh, and, and I, he, he wanted me to let him off the hook so that I could get a new contractor. And I, I wouldn't do it until, until this point when I was like, you know, I gotta let him off the hook because he's not gonna give me the plans until I do that. So in the course of the next three weeks, by opening myself up and having a different mindset, synchronicity started to unfold where I started to you know, bring in the solutions and we had the problem solved within three weeks. Mm. So you know, in life, when we're faced with fearful situations that cause us to be reactive, we, uh, we, talk, we tend to make decisions that close our minds and, and cause problems for ourselves. And I think synchronicity is a responsiveness it's the way that the universe is responding to us. Mm -hmm. And so our mindset really plays a big, big aspect of that. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about, you know, the, the polarization that's present in the world right now, I think it's important to see this as a relative thing. Each side thinks that they have the truth. Each side thinks that they're trying to be good and the other side is evil. And I don't think there's any such thing as this evil intent. I think everybody's trying to do the best they can. But we have trouble seeing the different perspectives because we're stuck in a fearful mindset in ourselves or a paradigm uh, i'm sure you're aware of a, a, a schrodinger's cat which is a the thought experiment about the paradox of the quantum quantum supposition but yeah. and in, in in that you know basically the idea is you have a cat and the cat is both dead and alive but does synchronicity when you open that box for the mirror and those are just two outcomes but i believe there's a, an unlimited amount of outcomes that could be in the box maybe it's not even right. a cat 
Right. But you're opening your box of life. <laughs> the monkey. It could be a monkey. Nobody likes monkey. I definitely don't like a monkey. Okay. Shorting his monkey. There's a freaking monkey, man. <laughs> I don't know if he had a pet monkey, but they got these gnarly teeth, man. So they're kind of like <laughs> kind of like nutcrackers. I can't stand them either because you know, <laughs> at night they get up and they walk around. But that's another story. But does the synchronicity does it make the choice of what's in the box when you open it? Well, I think that what we do when we experience synchronicity, we're, we're going through our day every day with a an anticipation of what's going to happen next. And this is where it's so important to realize that you know, when I when I go through my day anticipating that I'm going to read something that pisses me off, you know, I'm going to be looking for those things. Mm -hmm. And then I'm and what I'm suggesting is that the universe is actually conspiring to trigger us, to make us angry, mm. to make us confused. It's actually, it's not people out there that are conspiring against us. It's it's the cosmos itself. It's trying to figure out if it can confuse us. Mm. And it's in, in doing so, it's making us get clearer on who we are in the world. What is our authentic self? But until we mm. get to that point where we know who we are, we're just going to be sent situation after situation that makes us go even more into our biases, mm. even more into our perceptions mm. of what we think the world is. It's is interesting you, you bring that up because there are several sections to the show between 8 and 8.30 when you come on or the guest comes on, we have introductions. We recognize the people in our live chats. We have two live chats going on and, and Jade, our moderator, handling all of it. And then, uh, but we also have a, a bear report. And uh, what happens is I call, I call bear. He's at an uns, undisclosed location, probably a cave somewhere. And he gives us good news. He gives us good reports for the week. And the whole thing, the whole, the whole segment is good. It's just good news. Now that I do something called okay. Randy points, but I go I go off the deep end, okay. But <laughs> under, and, but he brings us good news. Now in that he said tonight that here's synchronicity that uh, somebody went and I, I don't know if they were lost on an island or something to that effect or whatever, but they didn't have news for 30 days and they were so happy mm -hmm. and uh, and you know their health comes back to them. And I just got back from a 30 day trip for, to, to Glacier and Yellowstone and that tuned out the news completely. That was pretty healthy and happy happiness going too. So I think there there is something to that. So why is it? Is it just that we're we're always looking for the train wreck? But you say that's not maybe not the normal. But you may be being programmed to look. Somebody's telling you. Somebody's feeding it. every time you get away from. In fact, I'll tell you another story. I had a brother one time who was alcoholic. I said I had a brother. He committed suicide later. Sad story. But uh, um, he was an alcoholic, and when his friend found out that he was putting down alcohol trying to get off it he brought a six-pack over i couldn't believe it man i'm gonna go kick the guy's ass i was like are you freaking kidding me man and i and he and he, i think he partook you know he was goaded into it but that almost similarly seems what you're saying when you say that the cosmos is sending stuff in right yeah yeah i'm sorry about your brother um yeah i think that we got to watch out for that because if we don't realize that we're looking at the same thing but seeing different things then we're going to be tricked into thinking that you and I really disagree on stuff. And it's like the universe is goading us into an argument. And the more we can see that we're living in this virtual like reality, which is programmed to give us a reflection of our own internal beliefs. You and I can, you know, I, I do this practice where, you know, I, I'm not going to hide. You probably can tell that I come from a liberal state. I have, you know, certain programming in my head about what my biases are. And I try and let those go because I, I recognize that they're, their data that I just took in when I was a kid, but they don't reflect the wholeness, right? Mm -hmm. So I listen to our current leaders 
and I hear them talk about what's going on. And I, you know, I, I often agree, but then I, I switch my mindset to pull out of my bias and listen to the same words from the perspective of, you know, whether this is the last set of last leadership, you know, if I was listening to them and I heard the same pe- same words coming out of their mouth, I would be like, oh, that's a problem. You know, I'd be concerned. Mm-hmm. And so I think we, it's hard to see that it depends on what our perspective is on who's talking. We're going to form different opinions based upon what we believe to be the conditions or the context of the situation, regardless of what the words are. And, and I, I try to be really honest with myself and recognize that, you know, I, I have a bias that's automatic. I can't help it. It just, you know, comes from my, my training. But when I listen and I dialogue with people, I want to get down to what are we really experiencing right now? And what's the cause of our, our way of looking at things? And how do we see the similarities, see the, mm-hmm. see the commonalities between us? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one thing uh, you can probably tell I'm from a red state. I mean, the cowboy hat right there tells you that, <laughs> but, but you know, so I know that there's intrinsic, intrinsic biases built in. I'm well aware of that. Sure. Uh, I, I do feel like I'm a, a paradigm buster because if you go down my guest list, you won't see a, a common thread in that guest list. You'll see aliens, Bigfoot, uh, political, religious. Yeah, I appreciate that. Huh? I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, and I get, I get, I take some flack for that. Say, so how in the hell could you have that person on? Did you hear what they said? In fact, um, I have, a, I have thought bubbles that occasionally <laughs> pop up, you know, when, when they say, <laughs> when somebody says something outrageous, but sometimes I can say something outrageous too. You. Yeah, sure. So, but anyway, I, I do try to cross that bridge a little bit and I say, hang on people. Here's my thought sky. And I've told other guests and the vast majority of the audience knows this and that, and that's what I, I told you earlier. I believe everyone has a little piece of truth and you can't discard them. If say their, their, their worldview is let's just use a blue pie, but maybe there's a, a gold in there, a nugget, not red or blue. It's gold. Cause it's a gold nugget of truth. You need mm-hmm. that truth. And if you dismiss that blue 99% circle, you're going to miss that nugget of truth. That was designed. was put there deliberately. So you can breach your borders. Yes. Pull, pull upside a little bit. Swallow your pride. And you said something earlier about you didn't have the answer. Well, I saw that as humility when you were saying, I don't have the answer. That's humility. Well, maybe humility would say, yeah, there's stuff you disagree with and you're going to vomit. But what if you get that little nugget of truth that the nugget of truth you got last week from the Elvis guy? You know what I'm saying? All right. With that being said, we've got a number of questions coming in and I'm probably we're not going to get to all these, but let's go ahead and do a couple more. This is from Australia. Australian Ben says, uh, Sky, is synchronicity the truth inside of numbers? Does synchronicity decipher the equation of life? Well, uh, I I look for synchronicity as a guide, as a clue, and as a response to you know what I'm putting out there. So let me give an example of how the synchron- synchronicity can be a clue. Synchronicity can be a way in which um, situations unfold at a global scale that have some kind of um, overall meaning and they're disconnected situations, right? So um, we have in the United States, we had this recent in August, we had um, a situation that I'll talk about, which is uh, a, a supreme uh, decision in, in Texas courts to restrict abortion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people are upset about that because it's limiting a person's right to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also had literally the same week, I believe, 
uh, a decision in or a mandate in California, you know, to affecting people's right to choose in a different way about inoculation. And I think it's really important. These are different situations. I'm not saying they're equivalent or they can be compared directly, but they came up at the same time. We need to be looking at the whole field of information and saying, well, how how does this thing, I feel really strongly about situation X for one reason. I feel really strongly about situation Y for a different reason. And realizing that people are both up in arms about kind of a similar thing. What's my rights? And seeing that we, we all have to carry this element of hypocrisy, I think. You know, we, we agree with something when it matches our values, when it gets across our agenda. And that's just natural. That's who we are as human beings. So I think synchronicities can show up in the global marketplace for us to see ourselves more clearly and recognize that we have you know, some inconsistencies with the way that we think about the world. And the more we can open ourselves to other mindsets, to recognize, you know, to listen to other people's mindsets or listen to the situations with the intention of expanding our view, not being so limited in our perspectives. Mm -hmm. I think that's what synchronicity can really help us do. Okay. Uh, this is from Tough Long Coat. Uh, it says, uh, do you have a study on the third eye and can that explain your experience? So I do a theoretical research. You know, I don't, I don't study any kind of experimental data. Um, I would say, I think when you talk about the third eye, I, I guess you're talking about maybe intuition, having, you know, sort of direct insight into what's happening. And I think this is, this is what flow is about. This is where my first book, Living in Flow, talks about when you, when you deal with synchronicity uh, effectively, when you can pay attention to the, the obstacles, and like in this case with my house where, you know, the obstacle is that the contractor is unwilling to give me the permit to move on. Well, I can see that as a, as a point of contention where I'm going to argue and fight and take him to court, or I can see it as a, as part of a synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And my intu my intuition says, well, what does he really need from me? Oh, okay. Yeah. He said, he told me what he needs is for me to give him, you know, some com confirmation that I won't take him to court. Great. I can do that. I can let go of my pride and I can do that. So I think synchronicities, um, they, they, when we follow our, our intuition and we get in touch with what we're, you know, what we're afraid of and start to let that go, start to be more happy, more connected to people. And, and those barriers start to come down and we experience more synchronicity and flow. Mm. So you're, you're saying, you're saying that you can actually experience more synchronicity if you begin to recognize it. Yeah, I think, well, I think you have to recognize that everything is, is kind of synchronistic, you know, mm. even the obstacles. Would you say this interview tonight is synchronistic? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 it shows up in my life at a good time mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about some kind of interesting topics. And mm -hmm. I've got this event coming up that you just showed a minute ago with Neil Donald Walsh. So Conversations with God is a book that he wrote 20 years ago that I was deeply influenced by, helped me gain uh, a really a more compassionate view of myself, spiritual on my spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And um and then recently, in, back in August, synchronistically, uh, a gentleman named Peter Lucas and Lena Mas Vasquez, uh, I'm part of a program that, you know, working with them, and they, they've worked with Neil Donald Walsh, and they brought us together in this webinar on October 28th hmm. to talk about metaphysics and science. Hmm. All right. Well, those are definitely two topics I like to talk about. Uh, well, I yeah, folks. And synchronicity. Folks. So, so we talk about two worldview perspectives. Now, and you, you mentioned... Uh, intuition now here's a world where somebody somebody needs to bring two two categories together 
women have intuition and men have hunches. Can we merge these two, Sky, so that uh, they can both yeah, understand sure. and process? Yeah, sure. Well, that's, a, I mean, it's the same thing, really, right? Um, you know, women and men are a great example of just two different backgrounds, two different contexts, two different sets of conditions that make us who we are probably and everybody comes with different conditions but we're raised inside a culture where we have different as as men or women we have different sort of senses of the world and just as if we're black and white we have different senses of the world mm -hmm. or if we're you know australian or american we have different senses of the world and so it's it's a, another example of how uh, starting from a, a listening with the intent of really changing our minds are we really willing to change our mind and look through a different lens um you know mm -hmm. when we look at a hologram we see a perspective, right? That's like putting a lens on a situation. We're always looking through a lens. Can we take away that lens and look through a different lens and see things the way somebody else sees? And when we do that, you know, I, I think of the wholeness as this whole field of possibilities around us. You know, oftentimes we're just stuck in our mindset, our way of looking at things. But when we can, you know, see the solutions that come from the whole rather than from where we thought they were going to come from, then that's when synchronicity, that's where synchronicity shows up. You know, if I, if I need to get to the airport and I think my, my, my friend's going to take me and the day before he gets sick and says, I can't take you, I can say, you know, you're a flake or I can start looking around and saying, well, where else is in the wholeness is the solution going to come from? My neighbor might show up. I might have the flight canceled. Might be able to take an Uber. Mm -hmm. and the solutions come from unexpected places. Yeah, and there, there are, I mean, um, even in 9-11, I don't want to talk about conspiracies, but on the synchronistic part, I believe there were people saying that either they got a call not to show up or they felt like they shouldn't show up. And then, of course, there's all kinds of stories about people. They were going to get on a plane, but something interrupted them, their path, and they didn't, and then the plane crashed. There's a lot of stories like that. So there is something out there that is on operation. All right, here's a question from our moderator, Jade. She, she wants to get in on this conversation as well. Uh, it says, uh, Sky, can synchronicity be described as both positive and negative? For sure. Uh, I think of it as neutral. So I described synchronicities earlier where I was coming from a place of fear with the contractor. Like I'm worried about what's going to happen. And I was also not taking responsibility. I wasn't giving very clear instructions. And that led to a negative synchronicity where a mistake was made that really impacted me for a lot of months. Um, so when we approach the world from a egotistical stance or a um, not self-aware stance, not, not sure exactly what we're feeling, we're just sort of broadcasting our anger or our fear out in the world, we're going to create situations for ourselves which synchronistically, you know, our car breaks down or you know, someone comes across our path and we get fired from our job because you know, we get in an argument with our boss or whatever. Um, situation is going to show up to, to taunt us and make it hard. You know, and, and our state of mind is going to get the better of us. But when we're in a state where we're more receptive, more open, and I think willing to stay in, in uncertainty, that's where we experience more of the positive synchronicities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the unknown well who's ever doing that sky that's trying to keep us separated uh and keep us from advancing and and they're doing a pretty good job <clears throat> and they continue to bait us <laughs> I, I just had a, a random thought come way out of the past back from the moody blues where they said um um it riles them to believe that you perceive the web they weave. Keep on thinking free. So if I perceive I am trapped in this wave due to my 
the prognosticators of the Moody Blues, then I, if I know I'm in that web, then I'm going to fight my way out. I think it's even worse if we don't know we're in that web or that we are even being baited because it makes Cowboy mad to think somebody's trying to trick me into, into having this angst against another human person who happens to have a different belief than I do. Well, I think the trick is we're always in the web. And yes, it's better to know that you're in the web. And we're not in the web when we start to, to, to sit with openness and uncertainty and be, allow that to be true. It's so easy to get certain. Yeah, we're in the matrix there. Exactly. And we, it, I think it's really valuable, at least for me, to pull away from the notion that somebody is responsible, that somebody is trying to control us or make us confused, trying to make us argue with each other. I think it is the purpose of the programming that you're seeing dripping down the screen there to send us situations that reflect our own beliefs and our own beliefs are limited, right? We have a partial mm -hmm. view of the world mm -hmm. where they're always limited. Mm -hmm. And the more we get caught up in our reactions, our anger and our, our fear to things that happen, the more we get, we just empower those negative synchronicities to keep mm -hmm. happening. We, mm -hmm. we read this, we read articles in the, that trigger us a certain way. We find newscasts, we, we talk to people on the street, and we just learn more and more about what's wrong in the world. But that's because we're allowing ourselves to be brought into that mindset, because that's not, not because somebody out there is doing it, but because the cosmos itself is built to send us that information at that time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in, uh, in the uh, King James Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, for we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, for I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. Those are definitely words of wisdom. But if we know that we are seen through this glass darkly, uh, either it seems like we can either make that glass even darker or we can maybe shine it up a little bit as we go that when I talk about that blue pie with the gold nugget, maybe we can brush a little spot to see a little bit through. But it's, it sounds like life's experience dictates that we're going to be struggling to, to advance to, to, to sort of see clear clearly but if we know yeah. that we can't see through the glass clearly should we then be so dogmatic to persuade somebody to the point of anger i suppose and, and separation even because they won't agree with my point of view if you know that you're looking through the glass darkly then you really shouldn't right. be doing that right right why would you persuade someone of your point of view if you know that your point of view is already limited right mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a really, really useful point. It's not that your point of view is wrong. I want to get clear. Like, you know, you have great points. I have great points of great data, you know, but it's always a partial story. And I think the cosmos that we live in is, is so rich and complex that it can actually support multiple different versions of reality that we have. And if we try and argue over the one version of reality, you know, we're just, mm -hmm. just buying into that um, confusion the, the confusion uh, world. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just leave it there with this next question. Oh, by the way, let me add a, a few more people join us in the live chat. You probably didn't hear the shout out that I give them, but uh, Jim Tedesco, welcome to the program. Teflon Code has joined us in the live chat. Cat uh, Sorelli, Constant Companion. Uh, of course, Jade Moderator, Australian Ben, Max Volgan, and Kings Bride all joining us in the live chats, both on the website and on our YouTube channel. All right, Sky from Teflon Co. says, so how do you kick out the negative synchronicities and bring on the positives? Well, this is kind of like your last question. It ties into something I, I wanted to say, which is 
the desire that we have to be right, the desire that we have to be certain, uh, it leads us to stay in a place of, you know, the negative emotions. You know, um, it's it's really a challenge to listen to what somebody says when they're critiquing you. For instance, you know, take just a relationship with someone in your life that you that you care about. When they come at you with a critique, there's a tendency to want to defend. You know, when my wife talks to me about something, I want to defend myself. I want to make myself look good because it's vulnerable. And I think what we're being drawn to do is be more vulnerable in the world and be willing to sit with that uncertainty. Mm. And when we can do that, we can actually expand to, to bigger filters, to bigger views of the world. Mm. But it, it's not something everybody wants to do, right? Because mm. when we feel that uncertainty, it might involve shame, it might involve fear, and nobody wants to feel those things. And we're taught that feeling fear and shame are bad, so you got to defend it. you got to get out of that as quickly as possible. And in fact, maybe they are the invitation to a better world. When mm. we allow ourselves to feel those things mm-hmm. and respond with someone, you, you all can, you, we've all had the experience where somebody criticizes us, we don't defend ourselves, we open ourselves a little bit, and then the relationship gets tighter, right? That's mm-hmm. how we form relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the science of holograms is all about relationships. There's nothing in the photo itself other than just the relationships between all the frequencies. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it from a particular stance, you see a particular set of relationships and you see the city image from a certain perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think the physics is all about relationships. Let me give you an example of synchronicity. Uh, I I didn't write these down, but one comes, one comes to to mind and uh, some of the long-term viewers have heard this, but you, you haven't, but so uh, I'm on a road trip and I'm talking to the wife and I'm telling her how much vinyl is so much better than an MP3 file. I said, you know, the clicks and pops aside, Mm -hmm you get so much ambience with vinyl records. And I said, and two of my favorite all time records was uh, albums was CCR and, uh, and uh, Sergeant Pepper's album. And I said, you can't listen sure. to that on a damn MP3 player and hear what that music is. It won't play. Mm-hmm. They it's cut and it's, it's, it's white. it's just, it's, it's stale. But when you listen to it on vinyl, then you get the full effect. So we walk into a gas station right in front of us is, is a stand with albums First album was CCR and the second album was Sergeant Pepper. That's amazing. I could not even believe it. I said, Susan, you're not going to believe this right here. What, what are albums doing at a gas station, let alone those two back to back? Right. But anyway, it was 20 years ago today. Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play. They've been going, going in and out of style. Guaranteed you raise a smile. <laughs> let me introduce to you. Introduce to you. It's going up. The band you know for all these years. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hot Club Band. Yeah. Cheers, cheers. Oh, one of the best albums of all time. <laughs> no doubt. They don't make them like that. All right, another question for you. Ooh, that was synchronicity. Um, <laughs> have you found any glitches in the Matrix? Oh, yeah, or I love that hologram? question. Like the black cat, you know? Um, <clears throat> deja vu, I guess. In the Matrix, it's deja vu, you know, when the glitch happens. So I think that the idea of a multiverse is useful, where you have a, a tree that's branching into many different possible states. And I think there are decision points that we make. And we don't always realize we're at a decision point. Elections are that way. You know, Every election, we choose somebody to go take us one direction or, or another. But there's also personal states, you know, decisions where we decide to take a job or leave a job, um, decide to, you know, I, I look at situations where I have an opportunity, like let's say I, I remember this 
time where I had a job opportunity and I was waiting. I, I sub submitted my paperwork and I was waiting to hear back from them. And I recognized that in this period of time, it was like a week that I had to hear back from them. I had a choice. I was either going to just sit there and wait, maybe check my email every 20 minutes, or I was going to actually like learn about the job and start to do some research and try and educate myself. And I, I knew that that was a harder path, but I decided to do that. And for me, what that the purpose of that is to put myself on a path of this branching multiverse where I get the job because I'm investing myself without any kind of promise of, pay, of payback, investing myself in the direction I want to go. Now, of course, the people with the with my you know, paperwork have no idea that I'm doing that. It can't affect them directly. But synchronistically, I think it's it's putting my feet where my mouth is and and moving myself in a meaningful direction. So I think that the glitches in the matrix are those moments when we have real choices and the choice that the, the, the branching point may be next week, but the choice right now of how we prepare ourselves is really the key element of how we get one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I see in the live chat, Australian Ben said, uh, you're right. Innocence is vulnerable and it's also pure. And, and when you said that, I thought uh, it sounds like uh, being vulnerable may be something that we uh, maybe not need to shy away from. That is, right. it's, it's, it's more of an attribute of strength rather than a weakness. And then I thought about, right. uh, I thought about the scene in John Wick where John Wick goes into a bar and he's talking to the waitress and she goes, I never seen you like that. And he, uh -huh. he says, like what? And he goes, she goes vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great synchronicity because I told you the first step of my four steps of, to wholeness. The first is listening with the intent of like being changed. The second, I didn't tell you, which is remaining sincere, being innocent, because when we think we're right, we're not really being sincere. We've got an agenda. Mm. Got, maybe we're arrogant. You know, we think we're right. And if you remain sincere with a, with a sincere desire to learn to as an innocent kid to just I want to understand this better. I want to understand who you are, even though you seem to be totally different from me. I want to understand mm. that brings us back to the stance of listening. Even, you know, it's really hard to listen when somebody says something that really gets us upset. Mm -hmm. those, are the, those are the places in our culture, in our in a world right now where we can make a big difference by not getting upset and maintaining innocence, coming back to listening. And then looking for the synchronicity in the story mm -hmm. that allows us to come into more common view. Mm. Well said, well said. Uh, question says, Sky, do angels have control over these synchronicities? You know, I don't know what angels are, so I, I don't. I have an answer for that, um, but I respect, uh, you know, any perspective that has a sense of there being an underlying meaning and being an underlying purpose to our work here. And I think ultimately, whether it's angels or science or uh, meaningful, his what I call meaningful history selection, this process of, you know, the actions we take having a meaning and, and selecting out the more meaningful paths on the, on the multiverse, mm -hmm. ultimately, it's for the purpose of growing and healing. And I think it's healing work that we're trying to do on the planet right now. There's, you know, it seems like everything's falling apart mm -hmm. for no reason. And I think it's falling apart for a very good reason because there are a lot of things that we haven't healed. There's a lot of wounds from history, a lot of ways that we are with each other that are not very uh, kind or understanding, mm -hmm. a lot of different people in the world with different perspectives. And if we want to create a culture that, you know, w moves into the future with more, you know, joy and happiness, we're going to have to have these conversations mm. kind of like the ones we're having right now mm -hmm. that get to a deeper level of, of mutual understanding without 
feeling like we have to somehow see things the same way because mm-hmm. we don't we're looking at the, the hologram from different angles mm-hmm. well as a movie quote machine that i appear to be tonight uh in the movie uh prometheus the android was being questioned about why the alien forms were wanting to terraform the earth or destroy it and and he said in order to to build one must first destroy so is it right. that we have to destroy everything? Should I say, can't we just build back better? I can't, I can't believe it came out. I, can't I heard that. It. You said it. I can't, I can't believe it. Oh, man. I'm not going to press you on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, does one have to destroy? Can't we just, I mean, I, I guess tinkering around really doesn't do much either. I, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because, because our egos are what's in the way. You know, you have and I have and everybody listening has a mindset, a framework in our minds that we were raised to have that is incomplete. I mean, I just I know that it is incomplete because we look at the world from a partial view, but it feels like it's the whole thing. And that's the mm-hmm. way feelings work. They, they mm-hmm. reinforce our sense of certainty mm-hmm. that make us feel like I, I, I need to okay. understand this. Uh, speaking of Schrodinger's cat thought exper- experiment, um, I'm going to very gently uh, talk to somebody in, in the live chat. Uh, okay, King, the King's Bride. Uh, please, this is this is not meant in any bad way at all. I want to use this as a test, as a little test here. Okay, a quote in the live chat says that the Beatles were all Freemasons. Um, that to me has a, a negative connotation. A Freemason sounds like a, a dastardly dude with some alternative plans to who knows, did a who knows what. We kind of, on the other hand, whatever, we're singing a song, okay, of the supposed Freemasons. So I'm wondering, in camps, it's only because there's camps here. So I, I can see, and then their opinion is 100% valid, like you said. How would we, King's Bride, how could we meet somewhere? That's a kind of a test thing right there. Right. Uh, between great music, best album, selling album of all time, the best artist ever, to they're going to get you because they had some kind of sinister plan. That's so far away from that. I mean, I can see you. That's a great question. I can see Yoko Ono. I can see (laughs) you. I'm just throwing her name out because I heard her this week. She was screaming. But anyway, I can see that. But Kingsbride, is there any way we can bring you a little closer? And then then I guess to us. Let's bring it closer in this way. Like, what's interesting to me is that that came up right now in our conversation. It's not really about them, the the Beatles. Okay. This, This right now is about us. And, and the the caller that what's important is if you know I didn't know that okay so I'm coming from an, an innocent stance of like singing a song that I was given when I was a kid not because I'm a Freemason I, I actually don't even have an understanding of the the politics and, and the background of that and so what's important is that as a relationship between you and me and the listener that there isn't a sense of a deeper um, deeper connotation or a deeper distrust that needs to develop that, that I've got some agenda because I don't have an agenda in mm-hmm. singing that song. Mm-hmm. And so uh, helping ourselves to have some spaciousness in our interpretations of things, I think that's, that's what we're after. Mm-hmm. So well, we don't read into them. Okay. So conversely though, to us, okay. I, and I didn't mean to call, call that, that viewer out. I mean, I'm just, and I love them. I love everyone. I mean, we got the best chat ever, Sky. I got to tell you, there's so yeah. much love that flows Great through questions. there. But to us, okay, we got to come back that way, right? Because I, I do that way. 
Well, okay. So I, I, in my opinion, my humble opinion, the Beatles is probably the most dynamic original group ever. Just my opinion. But don't I have to move? You talking about we're talking about clashing of worldviews and dogmatic opinions, and I'm, so I'm, from a humility standpoint, I'm, I gotta say, okay, so I, I I've said they're this. The viewer says they're that. I said, can we move them this way? But then we have to move that way. Absolutely. So yeah. how would we move that way? Acknowledging that, or say, hmm, I, I need let me research that. I mean, would that be acceptable for movement on my, our part or my part? You know, the nice thing is I don't think it involves us having to research because we're going to come up with whatever data we come up with. And it doesn't doesn't actually influence the story of who you and I are. The story of who you and I are is you know, who, how we really feel right now, what our real intentions are with each other. And, and that's what's important. So I, I really appreciate this, the, the listener bringing this up because these are the kinds of things where instead of trying to come to alignment, we're looking at the hologram from different views, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's data. We could look up the data and find out whether they really were Freemasons or not. I, I trust the listener that they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And does that change the conversation? Because I, I think that it's, I look at synchronicity as the, the guide for me, not whether these people or those people are out there to change the world or, or hurt me, but what is, how is synchronicity showing up in my life to help me learn and grow? And I'm always going to look to that. I'm not going to get caught up in the details of the facts mm -hmm. on, on the on the street because those facts are going to look different for, for different people. Okay. All right. Um, Gio says, Sky, does synchronicity mean everything happens for a reason? Well, I think everything happens within a context of purpose. So, uh, and, and the purpose either comes from inside of us or it comes from some... So if we don't if we don't have a purpose, if we don't take initiative in our lives, um, then the purpose sort of happens to us. The purpose is to learn and grow and heal ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. become more complete human beings mm -hmm. and more complete society of human beings. And I don't have a, a statement mm -hmm. of what that really means, mm -hmm. but I know that it has something to do with being more vulnerable, being more open to each other, being more mm -hmm. having more fun together, mm -hmm. more enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And that comes from a certain set, sense of openness. So I think that one of the ways to have more of that and to to have everything be a synchronicity is to intentionally try and put yourself in in difficult situations. Mm -hmm. Push yourself to 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 the the fourth step of the wholeness. I talked about listening. I talked about being sincere. Mm -hmm. Talked about looking to the whole mm -hmm. for for synchronicity. And the fourth step is taking bold action. Mm -hmm. When you take bold action, then you're seeding the conscious the the cosmos to bring you synchronicity. But the synchronicity is going to reflect what you chose to do. It's not going to be just a random thing that's getting you along your path. If you choose your path, then you're going to experience synchronicities which support that path. Mm -hmm. um, another question says, my I recently, uh, I guess it's moved in my house. My new home street number turns out to be four digits that when added equals my birthday. So my address is my birthday but it didn't occur to me either. Is that a synchronicity? I, yeah, sure. I think it's a great one. I like that. You know, our address is my daughter's birth year. Mm. So, um, you know, that's, we didn't rent the house because of that, but when we, when we moved in or we were thinking of signing the paperwork, it's like, yeah, that's great. I love it. Mm. So, um, I think with numbers, I think we're always being given, um, little clues or little, little reflections. I don't think it's a question of whether something is or isn't synchronicity. I think it's a question of, you know, the first line of, of living in flow 
says, I hope that after reading this book, you'll never have the, the urge to say, that was so weird. Because mm. the universe is made to to reflect the choices we're making. It's made mm. to bring us weird situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so the more we can live with that in mind, then we start to make choices that, uh, with that in mind, we start to take more risks. We start to go for things that we wouldn't go for otherwise. Mm -hmm. Maybe leave our job and, and try and build our own business or mm -hmm. you know, take take a stance in life and try and try and correct some of the big problems we have like you know injustice and um i think racial injustice is a big issue i think climate change is a big issue i think polarization is a big issue i think women's rights and and uh um the in, in, in inequity of different you know the way we run finance is a big issue you know there's lots of big issues and immigration is a big issue when we take these things on with a mind for synchronicity we start to be more receptive to the solutions that, that emerge mm -hmm. and less attached to our own particular perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you're drinking out of a mason jar. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we don't know what's in I there. See but, that. but it's water. clear. It's clear. Nobody knows what I drink. Okay. You would assume, <laughs> see, the mind would assume this is coffee. I, yeah, I never I reveal what it is. But uh, so, so, um, so there are opposing viewpoints that we have, and uh, I, I think it is it is a strength if we can just sort of be listen twice and speak once. I think that might be a, a good thing. Uh, yeah, I like that. So, all right. So I like that. I like that the mason jar has come up because uh, it's an example of synchronicity where this topic comes up multiple times, mm -hmm. and um, it gives us something to look at and say these are conversations we have to have right mm -hmm. instead of instead of having the stance that this is a positive or negative thing how does it allow us to have a deeper conversation mm -hmm. about our beliefs mm -hmm. and and what the universe is trying to tell us i think it's trying to push us into deeper conversations and the well, more we can yeah, do that I, I was going for a little bit of a reach because i'm a beekeeper and so of course we put our honey in mason jars and so uh -huh. i'm thinking Oh, no, that's not synchronicity, man. The guy's just drinking out of a mason jar. People do that, especially <laughs> down in Kentucky. So I don't know what, I don't know if they even allow it. You're, are you, are you on the, uh, the, the, uh, I was going to say left coast. Are you, where are you at? Left coast. Yeah. See, California, for, Northern see, California. See right there, right there. Um, so I didn't even know they allow you guys to drink out of a mason jar over there, man. Are you going to get arrested or what? <laughs> you, cro you crossing party lines? What's going on, this guy? <laughs> Well, to be honest, I, I I don't know about the politics of the Freemasons. I mean, I've I've heard it before, but it kind of goes in one ear and out the other mm. because I'm looking for the real human connection. That's what's so wait, more wait, important. Wait, 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 wait. So no, there, you just that's it. We're talking about Freemason, Mason jars, and uh, the honey goes in. So I mean, there's three Masons right there. By the way, a Mason Mason is somebody wears a funny skirt and does it like a little dance or something. I don't know what they do. But, right. but anyway. and, it's, and it's a it's a career also. It was a, one of yeah. the the masonry, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's got a long history. And yeah. and there's like I said, you know, uh, when we talk about the history of of our culture, and we look to understand history through a, through a lens of you know, who's got an agenda for what. There's definitely people that have an agenda, right? Mm -hmm. you look at climate change right now. I think climate change, I've got, you know, reasons I would say it's a very big issue, but I understand that there's a lot of people trying to make money off climate change and trying to push an agenda that benefits them. I think that's a big problem. So um, I think it's 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 the natural way that we, we've we lived our lives. We have agendas um, and people take advantage of that. What's more important to me is that we understand that 
let me give an example of how synchronicity sort of is a illustrates a bigger picture to things, not not just uh, what's going on right in the moment. But when we talk about the the situation with the uh, pathogen that's happening right now, mm -hmm. so in 2019, I was touring for my new book, uh, Living in Flow, and I was with my daughter. We were traveling, and um, I went into a bookstore and I found this book called The Dog Who Saved the World. And it's by um, Ross Welford. And I just found this book as something, something my daughter and I could read on vacation. And it turns out it was about a, um, a situation with a pathogen that happened. I had never really thought about this idea. And it was about a time machine and they, they solved the world, the problem through a time machine and, and this dog. And it's, just, it's a cute story, but it brought to my mind this whole question, why, is, why, is we, why are we talking about this pathogen? And then uh, just a few months later in 2020, in February, at, at um, Valentine's Day, I went to the movies. We don't usually go to the movies. We just went to the one that was playing. It was called uh, Parasite. It's this movie, not about that. It was about um, about racial relations or, or, or class relations, class warfare. And I didn't really like the movie, but I, it won like 10 Oscars. So it caught my attention like, okay, I didn't like this movie, but then it won 10 Oscars. Why is that? What, why is this a meme? So I'm looking at these memes showing up in the world. And then just a few weeks later is when the lockdowns happened. So to me, instead of looking at the lockdowns as this nefarious plot against humanity, I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, there might be a plot, but it's coming from the cosmos, right? It's because there's this, this meme that showed up in my life nine months ago, and again, last month, that's much, much bigger than any one person. You know, so I think that synchronicity is bringing us information into our lives, which is showing us where we're going. And it's not because somebody's doing it to us. It's because the world itself is trying to lead us on a journey a quest that we have to navigate. And, and so it, it, for me, it's really helpful to not pinpoint it on, you know, a nefarious plot by humans, but really something that's much bigger and broader with a really mm -hmm. an ultimate positive goal of healing for mm -hmm. us. You know, there is a movie out there where, where a dog does save the world uh, is uh, called uh, uh, Equilibrium. You ever see that? No, I'm going to write it down. Okay. Well, it's a, it's about a world in the future to where, and this kind of ties into the pathogen in just a way, but everybody has to take a daily dose. They have to take their daily dose. And so there's these clerics that got to go out and find people that haven't taken their daily dose. And what the dose does is it suppresses human emotions because the system determined that emotions is what's causing anger and hate and wars. Mm -hmm. And so they, if they could drug it out with a daily dose, then you won't have those emotions. Well, they found out people weren't taking those doses and they were feeling, uh, you know, they, they would see a, a picture and, and they would cry or something, you know, see a sunset. They weren't taking right. a dose. And they, so this cleric who's in charge going and killing these people, he, he went to this place where there's this little puppy dog and they were going to kill it because the puppy dog invokes emotion of, of like puppy love. Right. right? Yeah, and so right. he holds the dog <laughs> up and he's getting ready to send it off to get it killed. And that little dog looks at him and licks his face and he goes, um, well, I got to take this dog in for inspection. I'll take it in personally. And that was the moment that he changed from killing people who had emotions when he had an emotion himself for that little puppy dog. So in that movie, the puppy dog saved the world. Yeah, that's just throwing, great. Just throwing it out there. Well, and I think, I think that emotions are the driver of synchronicity. Like I talked about earlier about when we anticipate a circumstance, when we anticipate feeling a certain way, we start to bring in. Um, we we align with those future branches of pos of the of the of the multiverse which have that experience, and so I think 
and I'm not the first one. This has been uh, there's a, cl- a Catholic cleric from the 1500s or something that has a quote. I forget his name, but that it, there's something inside of us that when we feel deeply, the world responds to it. And and so I think emotions are a big part of this, and that's why becoming more aware of our anger and our shame and our filters are a really important part of having these dialogues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of that, as far as a turn for the worse of human humankind, every once in a while there's some egregious uh, cr- criminal act where they'll show a video of maybe somebody just going up and hitting somebody right in the head, and they 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 say it as as if the person had no emotion, they had no soul, they had you know there was something missing completely out of their life to where they would do that, and maybe even laugh about it. Of course, video video it, put it up on Facebook, live stream it. Uh, is is are, are, is there any hope for synchronicity to bring them back to some semblance of humanity, or is, is that are those type of cases lost causes? I don't know. Um, you know, I think that where synchronicity is impo- is valuable for right now for us to make a difference is in our personal lives. We look at you know in our daily life where we're making choices, and mm-hmm. do we see ourselves in that? What, what where are the times when we are um, insensitive to somebody else's needs? When we when we hear what they say and we just write it off as crazy, mm-hmm. um, you know I think we all have elements of that and and synchronicities can uh, be be helpful in those those moments where we choose either to be more empathic with each other or to be more um, more resistant and closed down. Mm-hmm. So I you know I don't look at the hardest questions like why do wars happen and can, you know why does why do people uh, get killed um, unfairly you know I don't I think bad things happen to good people. I don't think synchronicity can explain all that, but I look at the easier questions like when I'm deciding whether to take the train to, you know, go to my job interview, um, what's the likelihood of me catching that train? Well, it depends on a number of factors, a lot of which has to do on my mindset and on the choices I make. So if so you don't, help. but if you don't catch that train, then would you say that, wow, my life, my life path has changed. Do you, do you, are you to that level to where when those changes happen that you say, well, great i've got there's a new path just got laid out for me or do you say wow i'm gonna be late i i I always look at things from the perspective of what path is laid out for me and i I don't think that there's um a right path or the wrong path but i think that there is a tendency to and there are there are paths that are um the ones we were really meant for Mm -hmm. the ones that are you know bring us to more wholeness and there's a paths that bring us to more relearning the lessons we've already tried to learn i think that's really what it's about and I think the idea of a virtual reality is helpful as we um, go through on our quest of understanding ourselves. We sometimes we have to repeat lessons, repeat experiences, mm. because we haven't learned the lesson. We're oh. still at the same level in the game, right? Mm-hmm. But when we figure that out, we get to the next level and we stop having that same experience showing up in our life. Mm-hmm. It could be a marriage. You know, we have the same difficulties in marriage. We leave that marriage. We go to another marriage, and we have the same difficulties. But once we figure out what we're doing, how we're part of that problem. Then we stop recreating that for ourselves. What percentage would you consider our lives being affected by these synchronicities? Well, I think the more that we pay attention, um, we can positively reinforce it and use it for 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 our good. Um, I think when we don't pay attention, you know, you look at what happens in politics, and I think it's just a, a huge reflection of many different synchronicities that happen um, that are negative and create division. Um, and so the, when we're not really paying attention to these things, we um, we just get caught up in the game and we're being played against each other by the cosmos. So, do you, Sky, do you consider yourself a, a, a bridge builder? 
I'd like to be, yeah. Yeah, by, and the way I try and build bridges is by um, coming from empathy, trying to um, get out of my head. Like I, I disagree with people all the time on the surface, mm-hmm. but I know how to let go of my values for just a moment long enough to understand that somebody else's values may also be valid. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe come around to seeing that, oh yeah, our values don't actually contradict each other, but it takes time. It takes you know, mental effort to get out of my original stance and take, you know, a, a broader view. Mm, okay. Let's get to another question here. It says, um, um, could synchronicity, this is from Rose, says, Sky, could synchronicity really be possible when I believe people are being controlled by the matrix or artificial intelligence, for example, Ray Cruzel in the singularity, a.k.a. transhumanism? Yeah, uh, well, I, I think that, you know, my stance, and this is just my stance, it doesn't have to be your stance, is that we are in a matrix which is responsive to us. So we experience things which feel like we're being controlled, right? Because mm-hmm. we get that the cat walking across our path just at that moment when we're thinking about a cat, makes us feel like there's a purpose to everything. Um, and it reinforces our sense that we're on the right path or the wrong path or it makes us afraid or whatever. Mm-hmm. But ultimately what it comes down to is the choices that we ourselves make and that the universe is neutral. And it's those choices along the path that determine whether we go left or right in the matrix. And speaking about the matrix, you know, when Neo is walking down a hallway mm-hmm. and he makes the choice to go one way or the other, the agents, which are the the, the nefarious, you know, counter beings, are, are they're just role-playing games. They're, they're what do they call non-player characters, NPCs. Mm-hmm. They can recalculate and adjust their history. So if, if he goes left, they can adjust their history to be on the left side. If he goes right, they can adjust their history to be on the right side. This is the, the essence of a virtual reality game is the history of everything in the game can adjust to match the, the player's choices. And this is the, this is how I think the world is really operating. It's adjusting to match our choices. Mm-hmm. So even if you're in a matrix where, you know, there's some, some, a lot of meaning happening and it feels like you're out of control, it's really our own choices that direct the, the, how the matrix unfolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, have yeah. you ever seen the movie Coherence? No, it sounds good. Write it down. It's mandatory view. You you got two mandatory viewings going on there. You didn't know this was going to be a, an assignment interview. <laughs> yeah, well, I like movies, so. Oh, you'll love this one here. This is just up your alley, okay? And incoherence, uh, the movie is, I believe it's on Netflix actually. Um, a comet comes by, and then it zaps the power out of this neighborhood where this group of eight people are having a dinner, and their power goes out. And then uh, it's all black all down the street. Everything's all black, and they start talking about this comet, what it did. And somebody said, well, hey, there's a there's a house at the end of the block with a light on. And so they sent a couple of people down there to check it out. So they used the phone because the phones were dead. Well, when they got there, it was a house they left. And it was them in a different setting. And the, there were different um, people that were in love, were not in love. Other people that were nice to each other were arguing. Mm-hmm. And they came back and they went back out again. And a completely different, they found the same house and it's completely, so it was like multi-universes and there must, mm-hmm. it's really exciting because you got to watch the movie. As you watch the movie, you'll see things different in places. Well, this is in this house and that's in that house. And if you really pay attention, you see the changes, but it shows the dynamic of this sort of holographic universe that all things are maybe happening at the same time. You just happen to be in the hologram that you're in. But right now, I mean, you could be in, you could be wearing a cowboy hat in, in, in one of these, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm, I'm wearing my cowboy shirt, <laughs> which, which <laughs> by the way, look, 
you had to be pretty bold. Now, when you when you saw the cosmic cowboy, you saw the hat. And you saw who's this crank, and you thought, "Wow, oh, crap, man, I got, I got, I got to do it." Did, did you did you had trepidation, Sky, or do you say, you know, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cross the border here. I'm gonna reach out. Did you have that kind of feeling, or was it just like, okay? It was kind of like okay, because uh, because you and I have a lot in common, you know. Um, we we might have different views, different stances, different backgrounds, different frameworks. But I try and like let go of those frameworks and see that we both have the intention to make the world a better place. We do that through analyzing things at a deep level. And it pays to have our analyses be compared so that we can actually come to a bigger story mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. merge these different stories into one broader story. Mm. That's how people change. Mm. Now, I think people need also to see examples. I mean, where's the leader on the right who's talking to the leader on the left in these diametrically opposed points of views, right. where is the leaders to show us that you can do it and and not maybe give up your core principles, but you can? Right. Where is the where where are they? Where's the great philosophers, the the the, the change makers, or is it that the well, change? Well, here's the thing. I think us? we are so human beings are able to be triggered. We're able to be convinced of things pretty easily. And even if we're not, even if we're pretty defended against that, things are happening right now that are so in our face because the internet is right there and things are happening quickly. Social media is, you know, in our face. It's very challenging to not be swayed off of the center line, to not go into a camp, you know? And I think what we need are people that have an ability to stay in the center line and not get swayed into one camp or the other. It doesn't mean that you don't have values. It doesn't mean that you don't um, hold to a set of principles that you, you were born into the world with. But you do so in a way that um, is has room for other people's values as well, and then you try and show through through self, uh, you know, through through example what it's like to um, hold different points of view at the same time and not sort of collapse into like it's got to be my way. My way. I think we need leaders like that. Well, I mean, and again, to your point, kind of earlier, you know, let 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 the change begin in me. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, there, there's some truth. You know, you know, let the change begin in me. I'll do, my, I'll do my part. But no, you're right. I, I, I agree. We're 100% agreed on this here, that we're in our certain way, or in this video, in this live presentation, we are showing. I think people can get what side I'm kind of gravitated on. You pretty much delineated your your side. I didn't hit the off button, stop streaming, right. and you didn't right. say. Wait a minute! I think my my battery's done, Daniel. I got I, I my battery's done. I'll still catch you later. You you didn't do that. Right. We, we remained on the line with civility. Yeah, and yeah. it can it can be done, Sky. I know it can be, and we're doing it. And I appreciate that about you. And I knew that going into this conversation. You know, I think that I really want to learn about the perspectives that people have, and I I want to learn about my own perspective, how it's limited, and I think that's what. You know, that's my value is I want to learn about what's limited in myself. Mm-hmm. And I think you have that value as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking for different perspectives. And that willingness, I think, sets the, sets the, the path for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we have, we recognize then, let's just say that some folks have uh, said, have, are contemplating life events, you know, and, and like I always say, the decisions are, we're always at this why. You know, go here, go there, left or right. You know, um, uh, I mean, talk about the road, not politically, but, you know, I mean, you know, buy this product or not, go this store or not. 
you know, these whys are constantly there. So is it that once we begin to say, hmm, well, gee, I, I remember last week I was going to go to the store, but I decided to go or I had a flat tire and then I had to go to visit somebody. I had to go to a, store, a different store where I met a person. Um, right. uh, if So if a person recognized, what I'm trying to say, if a person recognized that there was a synchronistic event, then could they build upon it just by being aware of it or are they going to happen on their own? Well, I think that every choice that we make, you know, we can look back and say, what if I had just gone the other way? What if I had just gone to the gym instead of, instead of to the store? And what my understanding of how synchronicity works is it has to do with this thing I said earlier at the very beginning. Quantum mechanics is really the study of what the world is doing when you're not watching it. When you're not watching it, you, you tend to think that the world is happening independently of you. But there's this thing called relational quantum mechanics, and it's a conclusion that I draw from my own research that not only is uh, quantum mechanics ap- applicable to systems in, their, in the particles, but also to the system as a whole, part of the wholeness research that I do. Uh, and it's, it's a debatable fact or a debatable point, but uh, I, I argue that point. And it, it, what it means is that everything that around you that you're not witnessing, you're not observing, is open, is uncertain, undetermined, not just for you, but actually in a, in a sort of metaphysical way. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to the gym and you run into a friend and you ask, what if I had never gone to the gym that day, if I had, if I had gone to the store instead? Well, you could have run into that friend at the store too, because their path could have been retroactively kind of adjusted mm-hmm. to be in a different place in order for you to have that meeting. So the, the, the short version is that no matter what you choose, the universe can adjust just like that virtual reality can adjust in the matrix to bring you a situation that you need to experience. You don't really need to worry about whether you're going to get on your path. Just make good decisions, you know, to challenge yourself and you'll mm-hmm. be on your path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the Bible says that uh, thy word is a light into my pathway, a lamp into my path and my walkway. But that tells me that we can get, there are little lights on our path It's right there in the, in the good book. Uh, but let me tell you about a uh, synchronistic event. So, as I said earlier, we, we took a month, month off. We went to Rushmore, Custer, Glacier, heard, yeah. Bridger, Teton, Teton, Yellowstones, and the Snowy Mountain Range, people. If you haven't been there, it's the most underrated place ever. And by the way, that Snowy Mountain Range coming through uh, Wyoming was way higher than Glacier. It was at 11,000 feet, man. I didn't know how my truck pulled wow. my trailer up there, but it did. And But anyway, that's another story. So, the trailer looks nice, by the way. I saw the pictures. Oh, yeah? Well, good. So you you may, I don't know, if, I think I put this story in there, but in case you didn't read it, uh, this definitely synchronicity. So so I'm playing Hotel Cal, I'm a guitar player. You've seen that by my, my hat yeah. guitar. That's, that is actually my guitar in the background there. That's uh, nice. Let me, let me get out of here there, so you can see. Oh, there it is. Takamine. That's nice. What, what so, kind is it? A Gibson? It's a Takamine. Oh, Takamine. Yeah, cool. Takamine. Takamine. Takamine, Takayu, them. I, I don't actually know. <laughs> okay, well, that's anyway. So I'm, I'm playing Hotel California. I'm real happy at the campground. Yeah. On a dark <laughs> and, and, highway. And, and, and cool wind through my hair. Here we go again. <laughs> Smell of Kalitas rising up through the air. But it, So I'm playing. Next thing you know, somebody in the golf cart comes. It's, 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 the, it's the counter guy from the office. He says, uh, Mr. Octo, we've got uh, several complaints on the loud, loud music. I'm thinking, well, it's daylight, it's an acoustic, and it's not amplified. I mean, how? What are you talking? You know, they're they're 
rules. Right. And, and so anyway, I said, okay, no problem. No problem. God just quit playing. But he goes back to office and, and I, I, I told the wife, I said, man, you know, I really feel bad. I, I did something that caused this guy to have to answer calls. You know, who wants that? Who wants that call? Hey, we've got right. a campsite number 15, you know, uh, party poopers. Anyway, right. so I can't, I can't help but They can't enjoy life. It's not my problem. I, I don't have that problem. So anyway, I felt bad. I said, well, let's go down and talk to him. I, I, I didn't mean for him to get involved. Man, I don't care about these other people. And so we went down there and I said, um, you know, um, I, I'm sorry that that, that that happened, that you had to leave your post and come and tell me. And I said, I said, tell you what, we'll be right back. So we came right back and, and we gave the guy a jar of honey. And, um, which we normally take with us. We, and in fact, we always have a jar of honey with us and we always, we, we pray and we say, okay, God show us who on our trip gets this jar of honey. It's just something we've okay. done for, for a while, you know, like that. synchronistic opportunity, whatever divine appointment, whatever you want to call it. And yep. when you have an intention like that, it happens. And this was one of those yep. times. So he goes, it's, it's so interesting because while I was taking the call, a customer camper came in who was a beekeeper and gave me a honey straw. He said, and then you come up here and give me a jar of honey. <laughs> and he was from Jamaica. And he told me the story that in Jamaica, their, um, their lore is if, if, if a honeybee comes into your house, good things are going to happen. And he's in thought he was talking out loud. He gave me honey sticks and you gave me honey. He's beekeeper. And you're beekeeper. <laughs> And he, he started That's breaking down. He felt like he was getting the message right then. And so I had to figure that that was a synchronistic event. If we had yeah. not given him the honey, um, why was this guy a beekeeper? Why would two beekeepers be involved? Other than the fact that there was some convergence or coherence, should I say, in his life. And it really affected him. I thought you were going to say that he, he basically sang to you at the campground. You can check out any time you like, but, <laughs> but you, you can, can never leave. leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That but is, I think that uh, you know yeah. we never know when we're, when we're going to show up in somebody's life to uh, to affect them, and that's where I think it's really valuable. If you want to live in more synchronicity and flow, mm -hmm. you follow your intuition, your third eye, whatever you want to call it, and you show up. You say the things that you you, you are called to say to people because you don't know when what you say is going to change their life in a positive way. And and you could change your life in a negative way too. But if you're saying stuff from a place of um, openness and vulnerability, like we talked about, whatever you say, it might negatively affect them in the moment, but it might help them learn something they need to learn. So just coming from that space of authenticity, I think, allows us to have an impact on each other and do you know do the, the divine work in, in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Sky, we're getting near the end of the broadcast here. We we're talking earlier about this uh, seminar. Now, uh, what what is it? And what people? What can people expect? Well, we're going to talk uh, about our different views on um, his work. On uh, he's got a book called The God Solution, talking about different ways to see God and God as pure love is his mm -hmm. perspective in this book. And I've done work on synchronicity, and I think synchronicity um, this describes the way that. The divine shows up in our lives and, and why we talk about um you know divine appointment and and the magic of of events in life so we're going to talk about these uh the connection between science and spirituality mm -hmm. and then i also have a workshop coming up in uh so that's on october 28th you can find out more at the physics of wholeness.com okay. and i have a workshop that i lead which is uh every month november 13th is the next one and that's called wholeness synchronicity and flow so it's an invitation to go deep into the the science of wholeness and 
what it means for synchronicity and, and how that unfolds in our lives. Wow. Okay. And and then uh, so how how can people get a hold? Do they just go to your website or what what happens there? Yeah, physicsofwholeness.com has all all the events that are going on for me, and mm-hmm. you can sign up. The webinar is free, and that's coming up soon. And then the mm-hmm. workshop is is not uh, is a sliding scale, so it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we got links on our website for that, and uh, so people can click on those and get get to get to it really easy. Well, uh, Sky, appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. Uh, how'd you like the interview? I loved it. Really enjoyable. Uh, we went all sorts of different new directions for me, so I enjoyed that. Okay. All right. Thanks for well, the time. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll send you links after edit and upload, and I'll appreciate you coming on the show. All right. Appreciate you too. Thanks, All right. Daniel. All right. Bye-bye.